before we begin, one question for you. In fact, for the people who are going to listen to a podcast to help them fall asleep. Are you struggling to get some shut-eye? If you answered yes, then you're in luck because we have a great tip for how you can zonk out more easily. Mattress Firm. That's America's neighborhood mattress store, and they let your budget stretch farther when you're looking for ways to improve your sleep. They're more than just mattress experts. They have the whole package that helps you transform your mattress into a bed. That includes everything from adjustable bases and sheets to headboards and bedroom decor. They have you covered literally and figuratively. That is a joke, and I kind of love it. So go to mattressfirm.com slash podcast to see what the deals are right now. Mattress Firm even offers you a 120-night sleep trial to ensure perfection and a 120-night low-price guarantee so you know you paid the perfect price. Again, go to mattressfirm.com slash podcast to learn how your sleeping could be monumentally improved. Now let's talk about the Avengers. Oh, and one more thing before we begin. Uh, We're going to spend 15 minutes or so without spoiling anything. And we're going to make it very, very clear when we start talking about spoilers. My guest today is Susanna Polo, comics editor at Polygon. I'm Dave Tack, guides editor at Polygon. And today we are going to talk about Avengers Infinity War. You are listening to Polygon's Quality Control. I'm. Uh, I feel like I'm still processing this movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, I came. I haven't <laughs> felt this way coming out of a movie, and I couldn't tell you how long. But I know it was mm-hmm. years yeah. ago, and I guess probably Star Wars related. Like, just the <laughs> the like. I can't believe I watched something that I liked that much. Is it? Could it possibly be as good as I think it is? And I still don't think I understand it at all. Yeah, it took me, it took me, I, I like, I have to say that, like, walking out of the theater on Monday with no one to talk to about it. Right. Um, is that, that, like, it took me a little while to, like, sort of process and, 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 and as time went on and as I, as I listened to all of my friends who hadn't seen it still being in this, the speculation mode. And then as sort of other people's reviews came out mm-hmm. and as I slowly talked to other critics, I think I have grown to like it more over time um it it's a very it does a lot of stuff it, it it's a movie with a lot of constraints on it right mm-hmm. it is a movie narratively that's a very tricky thing to pull off you have a gazillion characters <laughs> you have honestly forced different separate like major plot lines mm-hmm. um our uh like our colleague one of our vox colleagues todd vanderworth uh was tweeting about how uh, Infinity War feels more like a television show, like a short television show, oh. than a movie. And but it, and he meant that positively, that it it, it feels more. And I, and I totally agree with it. That it feels more like three like episodes of Game of Thrones back to back. Sure, sure. Instead of a whole that. instead of a whole movie, but it works. It's I found that it worked. It, I found it super engaging. I didn't. There were only a few moments where I was like, eh, this bit has gone on a little too long. This is kind of dragging. Mm-hmm. Um, the arc of the movie is a little, the narrative arc of the movie is a little strange. It doesn't really have the classic three act structure no. for all the like, for all the like hemming and hawing that the Russos made about how like, you know, this isn't a part one anymore. Yeah. We decided to do something different. It's, it, I have some questions about how they define <laughs> that. Um, 
but it's uh it's it it does some very very with this is our non-spoiler part right. of the podcast right. it does some very interesting gutsy things in bringing comic book ideas to a film audience yeah um that have me really excited about it i had this I mean, this is, I think, just the writer in me coming out. But, like, I was really interested to see how and if they could create a movie with uh, so many main characters that most of which did have their own movies or and, and sequels, like multiple movies. How you create a single movie where you give everybody a chance to have an impact to, you know, not just show up, sort of wave at the screen, say hi, and then leave. Like, every, could they possibly pull off a movie where everybody had an arc, where everybody contributed to whatever was happening in a meaningful way, and, mm-hmm. and how could they do that? And the last time I, I was impressed by something like this was actually with the first Avengers movie, where, uh-huh. you know, I mean, it was Joss Whedon. Like, he had created Firefly, which was a show with seven main characters. But now... It's not Joss Whedon, it's the Russo brothers who are awfully good at making these kinds of movies, and they're not doing seven people, they're doing essentially 14 people, or, you know, whatever that number actually is in the movie. And I was um, not skeptical that they'd be able to pull it off, but I was curious as to whether they would be able to pull it off and, and, and how that would work. It's not so much of, like, judging their talent as just, like, being skeptical that anyone could right, do it. Exactly. Right, exactly. You know? How do you how do you break this story? How do you like they were as yeah. you said um to to a certain extent saddled with, you know, the people they had to put in here, the movies they didn't write that feed into this movie and like we've got to use all of these people in meaningful ways for as long as this movie goes on and uh like I just can't imagine I can't imagine how you break that story, but I would guess it took a very long time to figure it out. And the outcome is impressive. Yeah, and I think they made they made a very concerted decision probably somewhere early in the production to not stress out about introducing any of their characters. Yeah. Um, which is just a, you know, that it's something that I don't think there are any other film franchises out there right now who can do this. There are ones that have tried. I think uh, Warner Brothers has really tried to kind mm-hmm. of just make their make Justice League happen without really introducing a lot of their characters. Um, and it's only Marvel's universe that has the advantage of having 10 years yeah. of the culture being saturated with their characters that everybody kind of sort of knows who Iron Man is now. Right. And people kind of know generally who the Guardians of the Galaxy are. Um, you'll no- notice that it like it's not super important to know the plots of any of the of like the Guardians of the Galaxy right. movies, so long as you knew they're these space weirdos, you know, <laughs> yeah. and there's a tree and a raccoon. Um, not super important to know the exact yeah. plot of you know Black Panther if you knew that he existed and he's from this African country with really advanced technology. Um, and and I think that that's that's some of the sort of conversations around like whether or not the movie needed to do more and how much of the Marvel universe you need to watch in order to see it. I think is like your mileage may vary. Yeah. 
Um, I think that there are some people who are going to come out of this movie and just be like, well, that was really confusing and I didn't care about sure. anyone. And there are people who are going to come out of this movie and go, that was really confusing, but like, I really liked it. And now I'm going to go back and watch Thor Ragnarok. Cause like, wow. Yeah. Um, and there are going to be people, people who have seen every single Marvel movie and just come into this and understand every callback mm -hmm. and, you know, get every joke, um, or every layer of every joke. Uh -huh. Um, and, and it's, I think that's gonna, that's gonna like be different for different people, yeah. but I think overall, like the movie would not have worked if they had taken the time to be like, Doctor Strange is, yeah. you know, this, and mm -hmm. Spider-Man is this, and Captain America is an, is a criminal right now, you know, and and just to rehash all the little details. Right. That, it's, it's clearly a decision they made at a certain point, either to not write introductions or to cut them out in the editing room if they had too many, right? Like, it, yeah. they, you take it as read that these are the people that, you know, it relies heavily on, like you said, a decade... What is it like? This is the nineteenth Marvel movie. It's something yeah. close to that, if not that. And like, and to and to be fair, there is also not a lot of character development mm -hmm. in this movie. Mm -hmm. There is just not time for it. There's like the the best developed character in this movie is Thanos, and even then, I'm not sure that what they do with him really works. Yeah. Um, we'll talk about that in the spoiler it, part. But it's it's not like there's just no time there's just no time for it. What what we're really invested in in this movie is not like, you know, how is Captain America been doing as a criminal or how is Tony Stark been mm -hmm. doing with his ongoing myriad yep. emotional issues? Uh, is what we're interested in, is in watching these characters meet each other and getting mashed up in ways that have yes. not been possible right. before. It's it's a movie about a situation, right? And like. Yeah. To varying degrees, Marvel movies have been about finding gems, right, for, for yeah. a long time. Some more than others, um, but, like, this is clearly the culmination of the the idea that, well, maybe, maybe not entirely the culmination, but, like, this is a movie about the situation where the very bad thing may that, that everybody's been worried about for a long time may happen, right? And, mm -hmm. like... It's not all of the other movies. I think you're exactly right. All of the other movies are about developing characters. I mean, I, there's there's the Thanos thing. There's the there's a couple mm -hmm. other characters who get a little uh, development in in this movie too. But mostly, this is a movie that I think assumes its audience knows who th these people are and um, and sees them in a situation in like in the really the worst possible situation they could be in. Um, and then just just sort of pulls the ripcord, uh, yeah. you know, and, and runs from there. Um, you were, we were talking earlier before uh, we started recording about you were thinking sort of about how the like the the sort of crossover between comics in the mainstream and what this means with Marvel at 10 mm -hmm. and movies like this. Yeah, there's there's something that I've sort of been watching happening um, as I was sort of watching social media last night when the first preview screenings got out um, is that I think one of the things that excites me most about and this is still no spoilers, but I think the prevailing energy coming out of Infinity War from people will be, oh my God, what happens next? Yeah. Um, and that's, there's um, one of the very first like big event comics that I ever read 
Um, I was reading it several years down the line was when I was getting into Batman comics and I read the story arc where Bane shows up and he breaks Batman's mm-hmm. back and Batman doesn't want to be Batman anymore and like you know it had involved all of these different characters and it like asked a lot of really big questions about like but it also you know it was a comic that came out in the 90s and they invented this weird supervillain in a wrestler mask to like come be better than Batman for no reason without really a lot of backstory and but as a kid reading that like I I completely hooked me and there the introduction on my trade collection for it has this this story I can't remember who wrote it but and he's talking about how the that when he was a kid and his grandmother would read him comics cuz he hadn't learned how to read yet that that the question of the end of every comic was for him every comic what she would go and what do you think happens next um and that that question sort of drove his understanding of storytelling <laughs> and that that was exactly the feeling that I got from that comic, and there was exactly the feeling that I got from the comics that made me go, okay, I can't just buy trade collections on Amazon anymore. <laughs> I have to go to the comic shop every week. Uh-huh. I have to know what happens next. Um, and I feel that I think that um, Infinity War creates that feeling in a movie in a way yeah. that I don't think I've seen another Marvel movie no, do. Or another superhero movie do. There's something very basic comic book storytelling about it that I find very exciting, and that I've, I I feel like is really communicating across the sort of you know Venn diagram of people who like Marvel movies mm-hmm. but don't read comics, or people mm-hmm. who like Marvel movies and do read comics, or you know all of that. That it's really it gets that feeling really perfectly. Yeah, I. I... I feel like in my life, comics have always been the one thing that I wasn't into as much as I felt like maybe I should have been. Like, I tick all of the other boxes about the the geeky things that I like, but comics were just never a, a, a huge pull for me. I've, I've read plenty of them, but I it's just, you know, I've never been a guy who has a pull list at a comic shop or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And um, what's fun about the MCU, from my perspective is that I get to go in with no, with very little expectation. Like, my worldview is, like, I didn't read the the, the comics that led into this. Not that they're a, a one-to-one adaptation in the movies or anything. But, like, I, I was, you know, I've never been sort of, mm, I, 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 there has never been an opportunity, for example, for me to look at a villain in a movie and say, that's not the villain I know, or that's not how that happened, <laughs> yeah. right? And I totally understand when, you know, that, that people would have that reaction. Um, and, you know, it's not, it's not something for me to argue with, but it's it, it basically this, I, I fell in love with the MCU because these are the kind of like, these are just modern versions of like the 80s blockbusters I grew up with as a kid on an unimaginable scale and with an unimaginable frequency. And they're, mm-hmm. they are... yeah oftentimes serialized so like my favorite sort of tv is these days right so like Mm. i have a vested interest in keeping up with the story and i've seen with the exception of the incredible hulk like i've i I, well i own them all including the hulk and i've seen them all approaching 10 times or more just because i love this universe but i had no i had you know i had no sense of what was going on but as soon as you started saying like this captures that comic book feeling of what happens next i knew exactly what you meant both from comics and this movie yeah it's 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 really fun to watch other people get there 
and like get that that excitement and that 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 tension um and in, yeah. in a in like a very joyful and engaged kind of way yeah. yeah i um i think this is probably the time where we cross over into spoiler territory what do you think mm-hmm. yeah. yeah all right i'm gonna blow off the spoiler horn uh, as always on loan from our friends at the incomparable a great podcast network with a bunch of stuff you should be listening to so on the other side of the spoiler horn we're getting into it so here's how i approached this movie i was i guess lucky enough because i'm very busy doing other things that like i could live my life in in a in a way that i did not have to consume all media as i've done before for things i'm looking forward to and i did a pretty good job of keeping myself in in the dark for this like I had ideas based on other movies and what might happen. And as I already said, I don't have a comic foundation for a lot of this stuff. So I had some ideas about what might happen, which is basically a way of saying I had some ideas about who might die (laughs) in in the movie. (laughs) Boy, boy, did I not see what was coming, coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) So you did have the comic, like you knew knew this Mm -hmm. from the comics, right? Well, so, all right, we're in spoiler territory now. So what everybody knows yep. that what we are talking about well, is at the I, end of this movie. I fired off the spoiler horn, Susan. Yeah. No... At the end of this movie, Thanos gets what he wants, our heroes lose, and he murders stati- a statistical half yep. of the sentient beings in the universe. Uh-huh. Um, and so I will say that, that, like, I think that the plot of this movie, as someone who, like, did watch every trailer to keep up and i watched a lot of you know sort of the tv spots that were coming out and all that Mm -hmm. they kept the major plot line of this movie pretty well under wraps um they filmed the fourth avengers movie which doesn't have a title yet um concurrently with this one so it's done Um, like it's in the can there might be reshoots uh, yeah i think they're probably it's in the realm of like reshoots and post-production but they filmed them back to back um and uh so yeah, that the, there's that the, the like coming at it from a perspective of like watching all that stuff, it was very like I did not really know what was going to happen. Um, they kept a lot of this very much under wraps, and you know it's it's not easy to keep the last half an hour of a film under wraps. <laughs> but like that said, like um, there's also the first half an hour of this film in which like all of the Asgardians die except for Thor, yeah, right. <laughs> and um, you know Loki dies on screen. Um, and you know, Gamora dies halfway through the, the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, they, they did a very good job of keeping this all under wraps. They also did a very good job. At least this is how I felt doling out the deaths. Like this is a war movie. People mm-hmm. die in war movies. It, it happens. Right. And the way that they sort of, they did want it the, sort of, it almost felt like they got Loki out of the way and then they had a big one in the middle and I just felt like well maybe they'll do a big one at the end like it mm-hmm. the way that the, the, I don't know that maybe the cadence is the word I'm looking for uh, the, at which they yeah. did it made me yeah. I was I was worried I mean basically I was certain that Captain America was going to bite it or at least about, about <laughs> as close to certain as they really tried to fool us with Iron Man they really tried to fool us with that and one. this is just a practical thing like look I will take Chris Evans and Robert Downey Jr. playing their characters for as long as I can possibly get it because I love it. The, the truth is, like, 
10 years is already an insane amount of time for this stuff to to have gone on. And yeah. and like just practically speaking, even if these people love playing their characters and I'm not sure that they all do anymore, like it seems to me that just practically speaking, we've got a lot less of them ahead of us than we did behind us, right? And 10 years is a long time to be working out three hours a day right? and eating nothing but steamed chicken and kale. Yeah. Like, yeah, right. let them rest. Right. Hugh, like, um, Hugh, Jackman, Hugh Jackman gets to rest now. Uh, right, exactly. <laughs> like, you just, like, your whole life is basically on hold between, even if you love a thing, your contractual obligation to do the next part of the thing that yeah. you're part of. Mark Ruffalo talked in an interview recently where he, he just he had this line where he was just like, and I'd like to thank Hollywood for putting the entire film production of America on hold <laughs> for a year so that every actor could come and be in these movies. Yeah, right. And he's not exactly wrong. Right. Yeah. yeah, it's it's uh, it's it, 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 the whole thing is the like, you know, I talked earlier about the impossibility yeah. of writing this movie like. The parallel to that is the impossibility of the Marvel Cinematic Universe existing, period. And what's astonishing yeah. to me is that this is, I walked out of that theater in, and I know this is going to sound a little weird, but it's true. Like, I walked out sort of feeling shell-shocked because I had what, you know, I tried to temper my expectations, but they were pretty high as a pretty big fan of these of this, <laughs> these movies. And I walked out and I thought like 18 or 19 in they made my favorite movie and that is for, forget the absurdity of them being able to do this at all that i think they've peaked at this point is 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 insane and that they have the the intestinal fortitude to go out the way they did mm-hmm. you know the thing yeah. that happens that that essentially yeah. half or more half of everybody in the universe is dead Including the Avengers and all of our friends. Well, but none of the original Avengers. Mm, that I hadn't thought of. Which is interesting. <laughs> yeah, none of the original Avengers go. Um, War Machine is still around and Nebula is still around. Hmm. You think that's significant? I think the original Avengers sticking around is, I think that that will probably be significant. Uh, see, this I is think me, it's th- likely that that will be significant. Like, I feel like, I don't, you know. This is me thinking mm-hmm. again of what I was talking about early, which earlier, which is like, well, if they're going to go out, mm-hmm. mm, seems like you're setting up a a pretty yep. big, great way for them to go out. Yeah, a pretty big last stand. Yes. The thing that I'm thinking now, as I have goosebumps saying this, is basically, uh, well, what if the way that they go out is to create the future, right? Like, right. They yeah. they go out specifically to usher in what's. There's What's a next? lot of comic book precedent for that. Oh boy! Um, and and there's also Nebula sticking around is also some pretty interesting some some interesting comic okay. book precedent there. Um, but but yeah, it's 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 I think that there's there's a tension out there between um, wow, it's really bold that they did this to over the line of well, it's obvious they're going to roll this back, mm-hmm. right? Like it's, it's there's absolutely no way like they're sure. definitely making a Black Panther two right, and right. like Spider Man two is already on the books. Right. Yeah, there's a Guardians three. Yeah, there's a Guardians three in 2020. Although technically the Guardians, as I understand it, don't have to be those people. But clear, I mean, yeah. come on, it's gonna be yeah. them. 
I've had conversations with people because I have a few coworkers who, you know, I got out of the screening and they were like, immediately tell me everything that happens because we have to start working. We have to start working on this. And like, I don't care about spoilers. So just tell me everything that happens. And the funnest thing about it was, was sitting in a, you know, a slack room with them and being, them being like, okay, well, tell me who dies. And I go, okay, well, Uh. Loki and Heimdall die in like the first five minutes. And they're like, okay, yeah, makes sense. Yeah, figures. And it's like, yeah, and Gamora dies about halfway through. Um, they're like, oh wow, okay, that's kind of surprising. But like, yeah, and then I go, and then I go, and then, and I list like nine names uh-huh. in a single Slack message, <laughs> just to watch people go, what? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> what? Mm-hmm. And then I go, oh yeah, and Nick Fury and Maria Hill. Yeah. Like, um, that there's, but, and and I've I've heard reactions from people who like haven't seen it, but like needed to hear it from me for work purposes. Um, I've gone like, that sounds, they're like that sounds dumb question mark like they're like that sounds great i'm like no actually it really lands they take all the time that they need to show you other characters reacting to it yeah to make it as horrific in the comic thanos does this in the comics and in the comics people just disappear um like split second they fade away but the way they do it in the movie it's it's lingering you have you you're you have to stare at it yeah you get to watch Bucky know he's dying, and you get to watch Cap know that Bucky knows that he's dying. Yep. yep. Yeah, um, you get to you get to listen to Okoye panicking. You know that like it's not just her friend or her brother, but like her king, her country. Yep. You know, um, and Tony, and yeah, and, and like oh god, Spider Man, like right? <laughs> dying in, in Tony Stark's arms, like no sacred cows here. No right? maximum impact done I, I i think beautifully right like that's yeah. that's what i was talking this is a component of what i was talking about earlier which is it's not enough to have just killed the characters or it could have been enough i guess to have just killed characters right but they made sure they spent the movie making sure that you sort of reminding you why you care about these people which mm-hmm. makes the impact of their loss even aside from the decade of stuff that preceded it which makes the moment of their loss even more uh, acute. To go back to Joss Whedon again, the, th- the way I always think about this, the thing I always think about is in Angel season b- b- three, I believe, yeah, it's three. Uh, I guess spoilers for Angel season three, which is 14 years old or whatever. But they get to a point um, where it beca- something. they do this thing where something that was never obvious becomes obvious, which is there's a love interest between Angel and Cordy. And they are half an inch from becoming a couple when another character grew if if anybody's interested enters the picture and like it is such a crushing moment because the writers of that show manipulated you know like manipulated our emotions to go like first from like holy crap i never even thought of this to this is the most obvious thing why did i never think about this to everybody (laughs) wanting it and at that moment tearing it away from you for sort of maximum emotional impact. And I think there's a, like, the moment where uh, Bucky says, his, his, his last word is Steve, I think? Yeah. Right? Like, pleading yeah. to his friend. And that is not just the context of this movie, right? That is the context of how many movies did we, did we go through and how much character development do we have to, and how many mm-hmm. fights and punches led to the moment where Bucky was Bucky and Steve was Steve finally. And his last yeah. word is that, which is the encapsulation of the relationship, which makes the death that much more painful, right? And there there mm-hmm. are moments like that, not just in death, but like I think throughout this movie where 
there's just so much to do and yeah. they wind up they they thought of smart ways like there's more crap that happens yes. in this movie yes. smart fights more fights big battles where everybody is important quiet character moments heart-wrenching little moments like that that i like they came up with dozens of these ideas that i think I'm too close to it. I, you know, I have to like. Mm-hmm. I will figure yeah. out more in the days, weeks, and months to come. But like, I've been thinking about this since I saw it last night, and like, uh, that's what resonates with me. These these moments, these ideas, these the, the way that they that making a, a movie with 14 main characters or whatever it is, <laughs> and 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 actually making them meaningful in not just plot ways but emotional ways that that. That blows my mind. Yeah, the movie doesn't have a lot of time for character development, but it does make time for very efficient, Mm -hmm. very, like, pointed and effective character moments. Mm -hmm. Um, That, like, I did not expect Thor and Rocket to be such a great combination. Right. But it turns out it's really great. Mm Mm-hmm. The, just like the moment that they give Thor to mourn that he's just lost that he he just lost his home world yep. but he saved his people and now his people are gone too yep. and so what he's going to do is go back to his roots and get a really powerful weapon <laughs> and murder the person who did it like it's it's old Thor and new Thor and he doesn't have time right now uh-huh. to like really get into his emotions yep. about it but here's a little bit yep. of Rocket being like, hey, do you want to get into your emotions about this? And Thor being like, okay, maybe a little. But then we have to then we have to keep going. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I also we should point out like the the levity in this movie. Mm-hmm. There are lots of jokes. They almost all land, I think. They're, you know, I, it's, you know, it's nobody bats a thousand. But like yeah. the in the most consequential and you know, from 30,000 feet serious MCU movie ever made, there's a lot of jokes, and that does, it, they're sort of small things that I think do a lot of heavy lifting. It's not a sort of very dark DC mopey sort of thing, right? right. Like, they they made sure to sort of quietly lift the not quietly, but, you know, lift the mood uh, yeah. with, with the humor that I think was was largely good. So what in the world happens what's the like the future of the mcu <laughs> like i have no i have no yeah. mm, i don't have any expectation that this that this that if it's late it's played right this is there's mm-hmm. in fact I, yeah. there's an out in the movie right? we all we all know the myths about the one thing that everybody knows about superheroes is that they never stay dead mm-hmm. everybody everybody knows that um even if they don't read comics um but so logistically, let's let's talk logistically okay. first. So there are the next upcoming uh, Marvel movie is Ant Man and the Wasp. Mm-hmm. Um, it is, I believe, set before Infinity War, so it will not be approaching or covering any of this stuff. Interesting. Um, the one after that that comes out this July. The one after that, the next March, March twenty nineteen, I think it's March. Let me look it anyway. Up is Captain Marvel, which was teased in the the post credit scene. Yeah. Um, Captain Marvel is set in the 90s, 
um, with yeah. Nick Fury and Agent Coulson and a couple of characters from Guardians of the Galaxy. Huh. Um, Lee, Lee Pace is going to be back as um, Ronan the Accuser. And uh, Brie Larson is Captain Marvel. So that's going to be set in the 90s. It's going to be an origin story for Captain Marvel. Um, and then... Ant-Man is July 6th this year. Mm, Captain yeah. Marvel, March 8th of next year. And mm-hmm. then go ahead. And finally, May of next year mm-hmm. is the fourth Avengers movie, which does not have a title yet. It used to be called Avengers Infinity War Part 2. That's... Um, that's, I mean, that's telling, right? And we and we know and we know that they've they've said we're not gonna we're not gonna they've said we're not gonna tell you the title for a while. We're gonna let you. The Russos have said that mm-hmm. we're we're gonna let people sit with Infinity War for a while and process it before we give you the title of the next one. Um, and then and so that is gonna be the first movie where we actually pick up from where Infinity War left off. Wolf. And then, like, so, and and looking sort of further out from there, like, we know James Gunn is making another Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Um, We're getting a a Spider-Man sequel. Um, Black Panther 2 has not been confirmed, but it seems very likely. How how could they not? Right. (laughs) Exactly. Um, You know, we're still, like, there could be, there's, they're probably going to make another Doctor Strange movie. They'll probably make, you know, a third Ant-Man. It seems very likely that a lot of the deaths at the end of this movie, and even some of the deaths at the beginning, I would imagine, um, or in the middle, yeah. <laughs> uh, will be rolled back. Yeah. The question, the question is how, and the question is how surprising the Russos are going to be with how they turn that back, and what the price will be. It's not just how; it's how many too, right? Mm-hmm. Because yes. you, you, we don't necessarily get everyone back, mm-hmm. even if we do and turn s- back the clock. Right. And so the the and the other thing about this, and I'm going to be writing about this on Polygon, is that um, there is a lot of precedent for this in the Marvel comics that Infinity War is based on. Um, Infinity War, it, ha- it borrows a lot of, it borrows a lot of sort of characters like the, um, Thanos' little like strike force, like his mini boss guys. Yeah. Um, the children of Thanos are, and, and also the, the alien army are all sort of borrowed um, superficially from a 2013 Marvel crossover with Thanos in it called Infinity um, written by Jonathan Hickman. Um, I, I, the ironic thing about that is that it is a Marvel Comics storyline that is younger than the Avengers, <laughs> the movie, uh-huh. um, which I find to be really wild, and now they're using elements of it mm-hmm. in a Marvel movie. Um, but the plot of Infinity War is really much more lifted from um, Jim Starlin's crossover miniseries Infinity Gauntlet. Yes. Um, which is the first time that Thanos... Um, it's not the first time that Thanos collected all the Infinity Stones, um, and it's not the first time that Thanos ever like tried to get like omnipotent power over the universe, um, but it's like the first big one. It's the first one where he, he developed the Infinity Gauntlet and where he tried to wield all of their power all at the same time. Um, and Infinity Gauntlet kicks off... It's Infinity Gauntlet isn't a story about Thanos getting the gems or about the Avengers trying to stop him. The comic opens with him having already collected them and trying to figure out what to do now that he is omnipotent, omnipotent and omnipresent. Hmm. That he, he knows everything. He knows everything in the universe. He has ultimate power over, rea- over reality and he is like untouchable. That differs from the movie <laughs> very yeah, much. Yeah, considerably. So, in that, like, it, that you did not describe uh, Thanos 
the population bomb guy. No. Hey, question for you. Are you hiring? Every business needs great people and a better way to find them. Something better than posting your job online and just praying for the right people to see it. ZipRecruiter knew that there was a smarter way to do this, so they built a platform that finds the right job candidates for you. That's right, you. That's a little radio voice there. ZipRecruiter learns what you're looking for, identifies people with the right experience, and then invites them to apply to your job. According to ZipRecruiter, 80% of employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site in just one day. One day is 24 standard earth hours. Also, ZipRecruiter doesn't stop there. They even spotlight the strongest applicants you receive so you never miss a great match. The right candidates are out there, and ZipRecruiter is how you find them right now. Our listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free, as in zero dollars, zero euros, zero pesos, zero anythings. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash control. That is ZipRecruiter.com slash control. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. So Thanos, and what, but the first thing that he, one of the first things that he does with the Infinity Gauntlet is he snaps his fingers and kills half of all sentient life in the universe. Well, yeah, and so in the comic, the, the 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 movie makes a big change to his motivation. In the comics, Thanos is obsessed. He's a nihilist. He's obsessed. He's created by Jim Starlin, um, who was inspired to make him after taking a philosophy course in college and getting really into the idea of a superhero supervillain pairing based around the idea of Thanatos of death and of the the human sort of fascination with death and eros like the human fascination with living and with with sex and life um and so thanos is the the villain that he sort of built out of that idea thanos is obsessed with death and in the marvel universe death is an entity um death is a is the mistress death an anthropomorphic personification of death just female often depicted as a skeleton in a robe or a woman in a robe um, and Thanos worships her and he wants to be her consort and he wants to impress her and get her to love him. Um, and he collects the infinity gems so that he can better serve her, um, and carry out her wish, which was, wish for him, which was that he would gain the power to kill half of the universe. Same goal, different angle. Yeah, which is pretty different from the motivation that they give him in the movie, which which I, I think is, it's understandable to me that they didn't want to go all the way comic booky and have like a literal character who represents death um, <laughs> in their 2018 movie. Uh-huh. Um, but I, I don't, I, I personally, I didn't find his whole like population control explanation for it to be super. It's just, it to me, it just struck me as like, oh, okay, you're unhinged. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like, this isn't, there's nothing logical about this. Yeah. You are just a weirdo and you're too powerful for anyone to say no right. to you. Right. Kind right. of thing. Yeah. It's, I, if, if I have any, uh, I think you're, you, you're helping me <laughs> process the movie that I admit <laughs> I haven't fully processed, but I think you're absolutely right there. Like the, the Thanos thing is a little strange. In, in yeah. Some, like, again, the, the the population mm-hmm. bomb guy or the guy the guy who, yeah. who who's doing it because he really cares although they do lean into that with his the long-faced thug i don't I have having a clue what the name of that, mm-hmm. that guy is but yeah. like from the beginning 
the way that you know introductions in movies are v- very important right here's your first 90 seconds with a person on screen you will carry that with you for the rest of the movie so you got to sort of nail that right you as the audience will carry that with you and uh from the very beginning of this movie you know with the asgardians and, and all of that like they set up the bad guys as people who see you know basically as people who see white and claim it to be black who 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 say mm-hmm. who who see up and will tell you that it's down i just i really like that idea yeah yeah well, it's about it's about thanos in the comics he wants to be a god okay you know he wants to have that he wants to have that ultimate power and you when you open with the asgardians you are putting him directly up against gods there you go. um that's that's what i, I believe that's loki's last line to him yeah, is that you will never you will never be a oh, god. Oh, that's a really good way to tie it in, Susanna. Yeah. I wish the movie was a, a little more clear about that actually. <laughs> yeah, and and so and I think uh, personally I think that the fact that they spent so much time giving Thanos um ex- exploring his motivations and giving him flashbacks and giving him, you know, this all of his stuff with Gamora and that he feels really bad about killing her yeah. and that, that that even though he is this incredibly evil like intractable person mm-hmm. that he still has things that he loves in his own weird twisted way yeah. um that that is all in preparation for rolling for that it's character work that they had to do in order to make the next movie make sense sure and it's also like Thanos only had this movie we didn't. Right. We, we, he was. A, he was a. He was a phantom menace in other <laughs> movies. I'm so sorry. Good job, Dave. Thank Good you. job. Thank you got it. You got it in. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> you figured out a way. Um, so in the but in the in um in the Marvel comics, the way that they get um everyone back alive again is essentially through reverse psychology. Um, essentially through sort of like mm. taunting and cajoling Thanos into being like, eh, it seems like Miss, you know, it seems like that wasn't the way to get Mr. Steph on your side. Maybe you should try fixing it. Or you should try something <laughs> else. And and the way I'm I'm delving back into the comic because um, I don't know it as well as I should um, this weekend in preparation for writing about it. But I know that you know Nebula is heavily involved in how they wind up defeating him and getting the Infinity Gauntlet away from him. Yeah, and. I don't think the Russos will do exactly what happened in the comic. But that that said, like that there is there is precedent in this storyline for it happening and it being terrible and horrifying and for the Avengers for Captain America being, you know, in the comic Captain America is in, you know, Avengers headquarters and watches Hawkeye disappear in front of him and, you know, Spider-Man is in Times Square in the, you know, and watches half of the crowd in Times Square disappear and people panicking but that it is turned back in the Marvel Universe, but not forgotten in the Marvel Universe. Uh-huh. There are a lot of comics crossovers that where bad things happen, and then it's like, oh, we put it all back, never and it's mind. as if it had yeah. never happened. Um, it's remembered in the Marvel Universe. There's a, there's a She-Hulk comic, because um, she's, she's an attorney in addition to being a superhero, mm-hmm. um, and Dan Slott wrote a series of her where she joins a law firm that specializes in... Um, this is I'm getting back around to it. This is going <laughs> to take us on a road. She joins a law firm that specializes in superhero-related law, um, and her very first case is a murder trial where Doctor Strange has recovered the spirit of the victim. Hmm. And they want to get the, this, this ghost to testify, but first they have to prove that ghosts are people. 
because legally oh. when you die you don't have the rights of a you don't have a lot of the rights of a person anymore you can't your property is goes to other people you know sure. your your holdings and all that stuff so she has to prove to the judge that there is that there sh- is legal precedent or there should be legal precedent for dead people to have like legal standing and the way she does that is by number one bringing ben Grimm of the fantastic four to the stand to testify about dying and coming back to life hmm. and then by asking everyone in the courtroom to raise their hand if they died when thanos killed half the universe <laughs> and showing that like well you know it's not just superheroes even normal people yeah. in our universe can have this experience right. so we have to expect the respect the wishes of the dead when they are communicated interesting so that is all to say (laughs) (laughs) that that thanos killing half the universe is kai is not a small little forgotten part of the history of the marvel universe in the comics and there are a lot of ways that the russos could go and the marvel cinematic universe could go to make that just as big of a deal in the cinematic universe even if it's rolled back yeah. Um, even if all these characters wind up being alive again. And I think that, you know, we've seen in this movie that, like, they can kill 14 people in a single scene and have it mean something, even when you know, like, come on, they're going to make another Black Panther movie and they're going to make another Spider Man movie. I mean, that's kind of the magic of it, right? Is that I. Yeah. I, yeah. I forget about it. You know, like I want—I was going to say suspension of disbelief, but like I don't think you have to suspend your disbelief. I think it's perfectly a perfectly natural human reaction to believe to get caught up in those moments. You don't have to suspend a yeah. thing; you just have to be a person. That's what—that's what art is for, right? And and like I, I have all of the expectations for for the future of people that I saw die, who, by the way, are all fake people. Right. And I yeah, feel yeah. bad about them, even if I think there's there's an out. Right. And that's mm-hmm. kind of the that's kind of the magic of this movie Yeah, uh, is that they made, the, you know, it's it's the Empire Strikes Back sort of ending where you like, look, it's, this is the good guys are going to win. Right. Good, good is going to triumph over evil mm-hmm. eventually. Mm-hmm. But for a couple for a while, you know, Empire was longer, but like for at least a year we're gonna sweat this one out like not knowing how it's gonna happen and even as i said earlier not just who but not just how but who like Mm -hmm. this is it this movie was not quite the fulcrum that i thought it might be like the absolute tipping point between uh the beginning and whatever comes after that but it it is sort of the the end of the beginning and, it, it, and yeah. I, I imagine that the that next year we will find out what 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 the tent poles are for the next decade of of, of marvel yeah it, it all and it, it all comes back you know it all comes back to i think the best thing for me about this movie is that and that's the what happens next yeah you know is making everybody go oh my god what happens next yep. and marvel knows that right because what ha- what's happening next for marvel uh as far as mm-hmm. the next year Marvel isn't coming to Hall H at Comic-Con this year. They announced uh, last week or a few weeks ago that they're just not going to do a Hall H presentation. And at the time, I was like, wow, that's kind of weird. Like, come on, you know. And then I saw Infinity War and was like, oh, now I understand why. Uh (laughs) Because there is going to be nothing that anybody wants to talk about except what happens next. And we're not going to find out until the next Avengers movie. Yeah, they're going to sell that. Yeah, I'm just, I just, all I want, 
What I want now is knowing knowing that the one person in the universe that Nick Fury calls when <laughs> something this bad is happening, not when the Chitari invaded, not when Ultron happened, sure. not when Shield turned out to be Hydra all mm-hmm. along, but that that is that this is the moment where he's like, we need Captain Marvel back, and I can't wait for it. I want her. I want her to have in my in my heart of hearts. I want Carol Danvers, Captain Marvel, to get our first full on screen Avengers assemble. Yeah. Because nobody's actually said it before. Pretty good. And we deserve it. We deserve it. Yeah. For the for the next the next phase in the next generation of Marvel, somebody got to say it. All right. Well, uh, thanks, Susanna, for uh, for talking about the movie. Because God, no God knows I needed to talk it out. And thanks for teaching me yeah. about comics, too. Yeah. <laughs>